Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. It's me, Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Done it. Jeff, I always feel like you're almost doing a Super Mario impression. Is that what you're going mm. for with this? Mamma mia. Mm-hmm. It's a me. Spicy meatballs. He doesn't... Did he remember mention food? Yes! Were you just going to say that too? Yeah, I was just thinking, like... He definitely talked about it a lot on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yes, uh, they when, had no backstory for him to work with. <laughs> when he sleeps in Mario 64, he starts listing pastas. Hmm, oh, okay. He's like, something. ravioli, spaghetti. But is, in the world of this video game, is it possible that all of the pastas are just a beautiful dream he had and he's never actually had pasta? Ooh, he's the Trix Rabbit of pasta. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love this. <laughs> yeah, this is Who's a good idea. Who's keeping the pasta from him? Is it Bowser? Hmm. I feel like it's Wario. I can't say why. Ooh, he mm. won't let you? Is Wario <laughs> censoring you? Can yep. you blink a code to us if he's keeping you hostage? <laughs> they made a joke on the besties a couple weeks ago that has been rattling around in my mind ever since, like, the Great Gatsby style. Is uh-huh. that- what Green light at the end of the pier. Yep. Um, and it was about how uh, Wario is Mario's portrait of Dorian Gray. And <laughs> yes. every time something bad would happen to Mario, it happens to Wario instead. And maybe that's true. Yeah. This is how we know that Mario is a pure and holy being, because yep. even his evil version is having so much fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's really enjoying life, no matter what. At, I mean, at any he- cost. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I don't know, man. Like the thing is that you still need to sell me on Wario being evil and not just gross cuz I don't know that Yeah. He does a lot of stealing. What's grosser than great. evil? What if Wario is hedonism and Mario uh-huh. is the, the... the resort? <clears throat> No. Yeah, he's a swingers resort. Yeah, it's inside his body. We can't talk about being inside bodies anymore. <laughs> they did a Mario game about freaking down and going into people's bodies. If you went into Wario's body, it would be a hedonism resort. Oh this is just an established fact. I'm, no, here's the I'm thing. I'm way he- into Mario and Luigi Wario's inside story. <laughs> yes, agreed. The what? thing that's so ironic is that in the game where Wario was introduced, you do go inside a giant robotic homunculus of mario oh man i see the thing is this would be the first m-rated mario game no here's my point <laughs> is it just a dating Why? sim Shut up. <laughs> yeah you're trying to date his lungs <laughs> <laughs> oh this is great wario is the embodiment of the spirit of hedonism he does whatever he wants and he always enjoys it Mario is the puritanical ideal of denying yourself and achieving holiness that way, mm-hmm. which is why he's constantly almost dying to rescue a princess who kisses him on the cheek and then he blushes and then the game's over. To he me, never enjoys anything. No, How does the fact everything. that Luigi canonically fucked that princess fit into this? He is a lost soul, Luigi. <laughs> he's, uh... Dante in passing through the oh, yeah, He's the hell. everyman. Yes. <laughs> he was so terrified to see the devil frozen in that block of ice that he's yep. never recovered. And his yep. favorite author, uh, Lucky 2, is guiding him through the underworld. <laughs> uh, yeah, alright. 
I'll go with you on that one. Thank you. I don't know if I should, but... Shouldn't um, the wizard one be the one who's the scholar? Mm, What's comic? Waluigi. Yes, comic. Or Magic Koopa? No, Waluigi. No. Yeah. Well, okay, Walu- Waluigi. if anybody's a lost soul, it's Waluigi. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, I, my interpretation has always been Mario is pure delight and joy, and mm-hmm. uh, he is like fully altruistic and loves that. And Wario mm-hmm. is the twisted reflection, where he is also always having a great time, but he's <laughs> greedy and misanthropic. I like that we can agree they're both having a great time. Oh yeah, Wario <laughs> is maybe having a better time than Mario. <laughs> Yes, definitely. And I like that both Luigi and Waluigi are never having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Oh, yes, they're, of course, the exact uh, opposites, where Luigi does all the right things, but is always scared and miserable. And Waluigi joyfully, well, enthusiastically joins in on all the bad things, but he's never happy. Yeah, Yeah. he blames everyone else for his own failures, whereas... Luigi understands that it is his own weakness that may cause him to fail, but he rarely fails. Mm-hmm. The, oh, Waluigi man. turns his inner <clears throat> self-loathing outward to the world and lashes out against everything. Correctly, I, feel like we I need would say. A, um, alignment chart for these four. I'm thinking yeah. about it. They are the alignment. They're this the is... political alignment chart. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say this is less of a like D and D alignment chart and more of one of those. Uh, like engrams uh personality things like you're oh yeah what is your makeup yeah you're like 60 percent waluigi oh this god that's yep. there's no greater insult than to call someone 60 percent waluigi 100 i don't know i took that power of will i took that um uh, <clears throat> pop culture character personality test that's been going around for a while. Mm-hmm. It's got like 40 questions on it, and I got Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> so oh, that's no. probably the worst result. <laughs> uh, I, guys, if I got a tattoo that said 60% Waluigi, would that be the greatest tattoo of all time? Yes. You would have to explain it constantly, though. Would you be willing yes. to do that? Which I would want to do. Okay. Did I tell you guys about my idea for the greatest knuckle tattoos of all time? You might probably. Have. I don't remember it. If if anyone in our listening audience wants to get knuckle tattoos, it suddenly came to me the other day, the perfect knuckle tattoos. Like a bolt would, from the blue, struck yes, in a dream. It was a divine inspiration, <laughs> I'm certain. Alright. Is on one hand you get the letters H A N D. Oh right. And on the other hand you get S O M E. Cause then you could say hand, and you could say some, and you could say handsome. It's very good. It's so good. Oh, I think I made fun of you by saying that you'd get the uh, the trendy mustache on the side of your finger tattoo as well, right? So you could do the handsome hands and then put up the mustache. Got there you ass. go. Got yeah. his ass. <laughs> yep. No, you get the you get one bar of the tattoo on each of your thumbs so that you can hold that up under your nose. Oh yeah, exactly. while you got your handsome knuckles popping. This is very good. I'm doing it right now to see if it works, and it does work. Handsome yeah. Knuckles sounds like it would be a meme in response <laughs> to the most recent Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't believe how much ugly Sonic was an actual major character in Chip and Dale's movie. <laughs> I just saw that movie, and yes, it was so very good. That it was, very odd. Like, 
I thought that was a throwaway joke, but he is a plot significant <laughs> character. I'm only sad that they couldn't get or didn't get Ben Schwartz to do the voice because I feel like he runs in their circles and he totally would have done it. But maybe yeah. there are reasons that he couldn't. I wonder. I if also maybe Paramount uh, yeah. was like, "Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. use him, but you can't use the actual Sonic voice." Come on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which makes sense. And I, also, I guess it's fine. He is a weird other Sonic. He's yeah. not the Sonic. It was Tim yeah, Robinson. I, I think it would have made the joke yeah. less good if he'd had the voice of real Sonic. That's fair. Well, anyway, <laughs> Jeff, what did you do this week? Me? Uh, yeah. I set up a <laughs> You're very, on blast. Yeah, get me. Got my ass. Uh, I set up a cool feature on my Plex server where people can um, uh, rec- uh, request. That's the word. <laughs> Request things. Yeah, request things be added to it, and they will be uh, automatically downloaded via many pieces of software. It's you have to have a separate one for movies and for TV, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and then this third piece of software is the one where people go to request things, and then yeah, it's odd, but it's cool. Uh, It is cool. You were nice enough to share it with uh, some of our friend group, and I was able to use it a bit, which was nice. Yeah, it's a it's a little tough if you want something that is, like, not a current, very popular thing. Like, Louisa, you mm. wanted Season 5 of Poldark. Yes. Uh, and that is downloading slowly, because <laughs> it's from a couple of years ago, and... It's, it's coming from some weird server in <laughs> Australia. Exactly. Uh... <laughs> But, yeah, there's a there's a certain like weird perversion that comes from looking for something to download and finding it with one cedar, <laughs> and you're like, okay, just me and this one guy yeah. are the only people who still give a shit about you know, whatever Alex Trebek's last episode on Jeopardy. Yeah, <laughs> there's just one sicko out there who's helping me download all of this. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's very cool feature, and I recommend that everyone set up a little home server if you can, and uh, even if you just have Plex for yourself, um, do it and cancel all your subscriptions. The world's ending. Who cares? <laughs> I I already sometimes get extremely confused when my network latency spikes because someone is watching something on on my Plex server, which is fine, but like it'll throw me off every time and i feel like if people could st- could make my computer start downloading things without me intervening it would confuse the shit out of me yeah it's also a very confusing interface so with plex it has a lot of error messages that don't tell you what's happening like the other day i was trying to watch something it kept buffering and then crashing and then through just <laughs> social troubleshooting i figured out it's cuz someone else was also watching something on the same server at the same time and then after that, after seeing this uh, Plex error message like 10 times, it came up with a new message that said, this server is overloaded right now. That's why it's not working. It's mm. like, well, you're not giving me good information. And everything that's happened with the Plex, I've been like trying to figure out why it would do this. And it's always some weird different thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's odd. Plex, Plex is an interesting service because... It doesn't do a good job of telling you when problems are network related, which yeah. is not really something you can deal with. Versus your server is is bad; like it doesn't have exactly. the resources it needs to do the thing. Um, I hope they add that at some point because that would be extremely helpful. Because sometimes when people have complained about the the performance of my Plex server, uh, 
sometimes it's like, well, that's just the way things are. But sometimes it's like, oh, yes, no, there is something happening that I can fix this like, yeah. by turning off this other thing. But and you it's, have to just know. It's too much for, like, it's a simple interface for us. We can kind of muddle through people like us. But, like, uh, Matt, you share your Plex with our mother. And she told me one day she wanted to watch something that you had said you'd downloaded for her. And she said, but it wasn't there, she said. So maybe Matt deleted it. And I said, he wouldn't do that without telling you, first of all. Second of all, why do you think it's not there? And she's like, well, I watched the first episode, but when I went to watch the second one, it said there was no information. I'm like, this is fucking Plex, which is constantly telling you there's no library. And... She, being a boomer, doesn't understand that you need to reload it because it's lying to you. And she thinks, yes. oh, there is no library then. Okay, that's a shame. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, one of the things in in my life working in IT has been really having to internalize the fact that anyone basically older than us mm-hmm. will never on their own think to restart something. <laughs> Yes. Unless somebody tells them, restart your computer, they will never try that, even though that fixes so many problems. Yeah. And if any computer ever tells me, oh, I can't access this website, there is no library, whatever, my first instinct is always, you're lying to me. But a lot of people don't get there. Yeah. (sighs) I, uh, something happened to, uh, YouTube not that long ago where they, I guess they had to restore some stuff from a backup. Uh, and during that process, they weren't able to tell the difference between videos that were unlisted, so you couldn't search for them, mm-hmm. versus videos that were private, like you can't watch oh. them unless you are a member of whatever. I saw so, this. So any videos posted that were unlisted before 2017 just got moved over to being private, regardless of whether they were originally private or not. Mm-hmm. So... I wanted to find some old videos that I'd liked and they were all gone and locked down and impossible to access. And like, you can try to contact the person that made the videos, but they probably won't notice. Uh, so I had to hack my own YouTube account (laughs) to get the, the video URL and then go to the Wayback machine and like comb through snapshots until I found one that worked and then download it from there. Uh, and at every step of the way, I was like, everything is telling me that this is how it's supposed to work and it's just impossible, but I know it doesn't work that way. (laughs) I know it, and I was right. (laughs) Yeah, not trusting computers is an essential skill. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I... I, (coughs) We should nationalize YouTube, right? Yeah. It's It's the only platform. It's bizarre when you go to a news site or something and they have their own video uh, <coughs> service, whatever it would be an equivalent to YouTube. That's very weird because yes. everybody just uses YouTube. The thing that I think is going to push it over the edge is once services like YouTube start hosting their stuff on Amazon Web Services, then we will have crossed the Rubicon. Oh, yeah. When it goes down, when everything else online goes down. Exactly. Like, already, maybe 30% of the web is hosted on Amazon Web Services, and mm-hmm. as soon as something big like YouTube or Twitter starts ho- Twitter might actually already be on that. I think anyway. I think most images are stored that way on, uh, mm. like, website, like, social media websites. Yeah. But it, it like... Amazon Web Services goes down just as often as any other server farm, and, uh... More, because you know, it's a target. 
Yeah, like, that's there's true. Been a few times it's been specifically attacked. <clears throat> so once every like six months, just the internet stops working entirely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not good. Hmm. No, we'll solve it with um, NFTs, Web 3.0, something like that. Yeah, That'll Elon Musk will save it. us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, what was Jeff talking about? I don't remember. Plex. Oh, yeah, Plex. Oh, Plex oh yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. Plex is very cool, though. Yeah, the, the, as an average person, you can search for a show, and, like, obviously I need to have a friend like Jeff who understands how to set all this up, but I can just search for a show and then be able to find it. You know? I could set this up on your home computer for you very easily. It took me, including learning how all of it worked, like, a couple hours, but now that I know how it worked, I could do it no problem quickly. Yeah, but I think the thing that's great about Plex is the fact that I feel like every friend group has one or two people who are good at and willing to pirate. Mm. Uh, and this way, we like Jeff, you and I don't have to coach some of our less tech-savvy friends through, okay, I'm sending you this link to a download, you can download it, watch it on your computer, like... We can just know how to get it and then just tell our, our people, our friends who don't care about computers, like, just download this app and you can watch the thing. I don't yeah. want to have to walk you through downloading it yourself. And yeah. that's the tipping point. Like, that's how it was with Napster, when the average person could just go there, look for the song they wanted, and get it. Yep. So I'm excited for the future of piracy. I'm really hoping it uh, increases. Oh, so much yeah. has changed, though. I do not know yeah. how... You, I don't know about Usenet. I don't know. Like, that's been around for a while. Do not know how it works, what it is, <laughs> how to access yeah. it to pirate things, but it's the main way now. I thought about going into going down the Usenet rabbit hole to l- learn that stuff, but the fact that you have to pay for a client, a Usenet client, and it's <clears> like <throat> a subscription, I'm like, this seems like a scam. I know, I know Usenet is real, <laughs> but this seems like it's just leading me to giving them my social security number. Yeah, the the reason why I got, uh, like, why I decided to set this up was because I got an invite from a a Usenet, like, crawler that I had, Mm. I guess, signed up for ages ago when I was trying to figure (laughs) out how Usenet worked, and they had, like, launched a new one and was like, here's your invite, since you belonged to the old one. Mm. Um, Mm, That's pretty good. But they also... Uh, index torrents, so I just set it up with that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Matt, what'd you do this week? Uh, I got around to watching <clears throat> something that was kind of a slow burn. I feel like it came out last September, I think, but people never people didn't really talk about it, at least in the circles that I was in, until very recently. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched the Netflix miniseries Midnight Mass. Uh, Have either of you guys watched Midnight Mass? No, I've seen the ads for it on Netflix, but that's all I've heard about it. Yeah, I've not watched it either. Jeff, you would like it. Louisa, you would not like it. Yeah, it's horror, isn't it? It is horror, yes. It's a a Mike Flanagan, and I I love all of his TV shows. It's the guy who did Haunting of Bly Manor and Haunting of Hill House. Um, It's not in the same series, but it might as well be. Like, half of the cast is the people from Haunting of Bly Manor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I appreciate that it is a lot less... I was worried when I started watching it. For anyone who doesn't know, <clears throat> excuse me, the general premise is 
Uh, it is a show that takes place on a small fishing community on an island off the coast of, I think, New York, but they never really say, uh, like, upstate New York. Um, and it's like a small community of a, of a thousand people or less. I think it's actually only like 200 people or something. Um, and uh, they're all Catholic, pretty much. Uh, and so, like... The, the Catholic, the Catholicism is a big part of this community, mm-hmm. uh, and then their their priest goes on a pilgrimage and never comes back. Uh, and mm. the, a, a new young priest is assigned to this island. <laughs> a hot young hot, priest, is it hot? Yes, exactly, <laughs> hot young priest. Uh, and he and the the rest of the series is kind of a mystery about why this uh, this older priest disappeared, and then people on the island start experiencing miracles in a strange way. Hmm. Um, I, I don't want to get too deep into it because I do think it's worth watching and being surprised by the, the couple of things that kind of make me hesitant to uh, unabashedly recommend it is that it kind of falls into that like 30 monologues for young actors whole <laughs> a little bit where there'll be times when two, two characters are sitting together drinking and one of them will be like, well, what do you think happens to us when we die? And then you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> the next four minutes is going to be this guy, like, trying so hard to show his acting chops by talking his way through this eight-page-long monologue about neurons firing and the stars <laughs> being like our brains or whatever bullshit. <laughs> like, people don't talk like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't talk like this, but intellectuals like me, we talk like this all the time. Yeah, RIP to you, but I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> you see, when I was in school, I had this one day that was very important to me. Let me tell you this this uh, anecdote, and that will feed into my point. Because that's how people tell anecdotes. Yep. Anyway, um, so if you can deal with the fact that there's a very large scoop of theater kid bullshit on top of it, uh, it's a pretty good, a little bit scary, a little bit sad uh, sort of mystery drama with mm. monsters. It's very scary. Uh, Have you yeah. finished it, and do they solve the mystery? <clears throat> I did finish it, and it's... Well, that they, answers my question, really, they it? <laughs> They definitely solve the mystery. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it's... There will never be another season of this. It was intentionally only in seven or eight episode. I don't remember how many mm-hmm. uh, thing. Like they, they never. They said they, they wanted to tell their story encapsulated in this one mini series and then be done. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. Uh, so it ties up all of the loose ends, kind of. Ugh. The problem is that a lot of the stuff I want to talk about does spoil a little bit of what's going on in the show. That's fine. I just, uh, yeah, I was just wondering if it was the sort of thing where it's like, ooh, there's a creeping feeling of menace. We're never going to really deal with it. Like Hitchcock kind of did. Yeah, no, they they deal with it as well as they could. Um, okay. Oh, man, I really wanted to make a point about something that happens at the end, but I thought that. <laughs> I thought Jeff might have seen it, and then no, we could I, talk about it. I will watch it eventually. I just, uh, you know, object permanence don't have it. Fun, yeah, thing. Yeah, there'll be plenty of time to watch TV shows in the summer when it's too hot to do anything else. Hmm. Yeah, yes, I can watch TV at the park, laying in my there's, hammock. There's nothing like <laughs> watching an extremely Halloween show in June. <laughs> I love that, unironically, because it reminds me that it will be fall again. It won't be summer forever. Yeah. Yeah, I think I subconsciously do that, where I will seek out stuff that is definitely 
Halloween or Thanksgiving or Christmas themed in the mm. hottest days of the year. Yes, me to, too. To me, Halloween is not a time of year, it is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Like your t-shirt says. Yep. yep. It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's why you have Mike Myers' life tattooed across your back. Yeah, that's why I have uh, Mike Myers uh, on my knuckle mm-hmm. tattoos. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you spelled you Myers have... wrong. Hold on, <laughs> M Y E R S. You have Mike Myers' life tattooed across the top of your back, and then below it, you have uh, two people. One is a man wearing a uh, Inside Out William Shatner mask, and one mm-hmm. is. Uh, uh, the love guru. <laughs> and then further down on each cheek, Dumpy mm-hmm. and Pumpkins. Yep, yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I've got a guy wearing a, a William Shatner mask and he's saying, Do I make you horny, baby? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they're both, it's one of those word bubbles where both uh, the, the stems go to both people's mouths, ooh. like they're saying it in unison. And they're both saying it. Like, do I make you horny, baby? No, do I make you horny, baby? Ooh. And then they're kissing further down. This is a several-panel uh, comic. Myers, why aren't there more comic strip <laughs> tattoos, guys? Myers v. Myers. Yeah, it's time. Those, the uh, strips that are for um, vertical panels, those would go down an arm so well, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like, I, I mean, I don't know if it ever happened to anyone in real life, but I remember there was a time in, like, action movies where, uh, you know, kick-ass women would have, like, tattoos down their spine. Yeah. Like, symbols of, of like, barcodes or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I guess this is a very specific aesthetic, but you it's guys know what I'm talking Angelina about? Angelina Jolie movies. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's, a, like, an Angelina Jolie thing. I don't know. She probably has that in real life. Wanted? Maybe. I think she had a, a weird back tattoo. Oh, yeah, I, if they can wear, like, a fancy backless dress. Yes, that's exactly what I'm like, thinking of. Kanji or whatever all the way down their spine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe it was also in, like, a um, Resident Evil, maybe, something like that, that kind mm-hmm. of action movie. Anyway, uh, if you just did that, but you had Far Side comics <laughs> all the way down your spine. <laughs> cow tools. Yeah. <laughs> just, you get the School for the Gifted, the cow tools, mm. and then, uh, ooh, can I think of a third Far Side comic? I can Yeah, Jeff. Oh, the Bozone Layer. Bozone Layer. I like the dog uh, interpreting helmet. Oh, yes, that's a good one, too. We We've all love and remember the Far Side. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, Louisa, what did you do this week? This week, because it is the very end of May, uh, I was able to go strawberry picking locally because this is the time of year they are ripe in this region. Mm-hmm. And I love this. This is the fruit picking I look forward to most every year, and I get so worried because my favorite jam to make and eat is strawberry. And the window for when strawberries are ripe locally is so small, and there's such a chance that if the season was bad that the strawberries will be bad that I get very nervous every time. This year they're very good, so I, I'm happy. I'm relieved. Could you grow your own strawberries? Yes, but they require a huge amount of work and the uh, yield is not very high. Mm. So they would require almost daily um, watering and like changing their straw so the berries don't uh, turn into mush because they're so mm. delicate. That ah, it would be very hard to to get enough to make a batch of jam. I would probably need like uh, a twelve square foot patch of strawberries. 
Oh, that's a lot smaller than I thought you were going to say. Do it. Okay. No, I don't want to. (laughs) I want to go and ride the little farm tractor out to the (laughs) field and then pick my strawberries. What if you built a greenhouse and then you just grew strawberries year-round and saved them up to make jam? Mm, Like in Harvest Moon 64. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think this is following video game rules, because if you notice with real strawberries, (laughs) the idea of saving them is they last maybe like 40 hours and then they're mush. But if you freeze dry them, yeah, what if you put them in that big wooden box right outside your front door? No. Yeah. Anyway, they're excellent. I'm very happy, and this is the start of fruit season locally, so I can look forward to picking raspberries and blueberries later on, blackberries in the fall. I almost made an off-color joke. I was going to say, do that. I will instead say, um, I. I like strawberry jam a lot, but I feel like almost every strawberry jam has too much pulp in it. Hmm. Interesting. So you like one that's, uh, like, you know, blended up smoother. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, a lot of people are, um, like, either jelly or jam is the answer. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, if you don't like there being chunks in it, then you should switch to jelly. Mm-hmm. But it's not that. I don't mind it being somewhat. I just, when you pull, when you reach into a jar and you pull it out and a whole strawberry is just in there, <laughs> that's disgusting. No, that's the best. Yeah, I disagree. That's how you prove that it's good quality strawberry no. jam. That's the ideal. That's what you're oh, going for. God, no. <laughs> yes, I know that's a visceral thing for you, but what I do is I cut every strawberry into quarters, and then I mash them roughly with a potato masher, so you do get big chunks, but nothing bigger than a quarter strawberry, and that is perfect for me. It's like when you're eating cookies and cream you just get a whole Oreo in that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Nothing's better. Mm, no. <laughs> nothing I don't beats like that, that feeling. <laughs> this is why when I make tomato sauce, I always use my like immersion blender to cut up to mm-hmm. to puree all those tomatoes because I don't want to be eating spaghetti and just have a fucking chunk of tomato sitting on there. That's <laughs> disgusting. Mamma mia. Mm. You don't yeah. like chunky uh, foods though, in general. I suppose not. I mean, I like m- food that is just a chunk. Yes. <laughs> like, solid foods. Like an apple. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, like, you don't like uh, boba tea or orange juice that has pulp in it or any of those sorts of things. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It just feels like there's a lot of garbage in your food, then. <laughs> yes, I guess. What I really like about um, strawberry jam is, though, when you see that chunk of strawberry, and I was eating some this morning, so I was admiring them. Uh, they turn completely translucent and red, and I think that's so cool. Like, something about the sugaring process does that to them. Yeah, this is good, huh? Like a little stained glass strawberry. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, We're on board with this? This good. isn't hor- horrifying? <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> we like to uh, see what happens when the... Is kind of be denatured if it's not a protein? Is, I don't know. Is there Do proteins they have protein there? Plants must have their own proteins. Or else, yeah, how do they, they stay together? <laughs> that's what that's what beans are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every but... strawberry has a little bean inside of it. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. they must have proteins. Yes, they definitely do. Yeah, is uh, no, we're getting out of depth. Out of depth here. I think. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, no, I don't like when the when things get see through when you cook them. We've talked about my feelings on hot mayonnaise. Oh, sure. Yeah, but that's not supposed to. Like, it's bad that that happens to mayonnaise. But with a, uh, a delicious glacade fruit, like, that's 
the pinnacle of a certain type of confectionery. It's not bad that that happens to mayonnaise. It's that mayonnaise is an abomination. No, Jeff, that's wrong. No, mayo is good. I like it. But it is an affront. It is an affront to nature because <laughs> oh, you are because making it mixes oil and water. Exa- you're making oil yeah. and vinegar mix, <laughs> and so when it turns clear instead of just separating, that is straining against reality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, anyway, so whether or not you're having Jeff's reaction or Matt's reaction, <laughs> I urge everyone in the Northern Hemisphere to enjoy the fruits and vegetables of summer because I always have to remind myself to check what's good at what time and really make the most of it, but it's always worth it. Thank you. That's this why has every been my time presentation. You, that's why every time you walk into a room, you say, hey, everyone, what's good? And I'm holding a cob of corn. Yeah. <laughs> Just biting right into it. It's this cob say, of corn. Everyone, hey, everyone, what's good? And then you slowly lift into the frame a <laughs> whole head of cauliflower. <laughs> That's right. God, cauliflower is so good, isn't it? Cauliflower is always good. Yeah, That's it's good secret. year round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I have little to no opinion about cauliflower. I'm sorry. It's It's fine most of the time. And if you cook it really well, it's good. It's still not as good as good foods, but it's pretty good if you cook it right. <laughs> anything as good like... as bread. Yes, almost everything. <laughs> what if you took that bread and you put some strawberry jam or tomato sauce on it? That's That or could be good. Cauliflower. Pickled mm. cauliflower. Yes, on like gardeniera. I don't know how to pronounce it, that uh, Italian word for that spicy pickled yeah, vegetable that stuff. little salad yeah. that you put on the uh, beef sandwich in Chicago. Yes, that's good yep. shit it's very right there. Good, yeah. I do like pickled cauliflower. I feel like most pickled vegetables are a little too vegetable-y for me once they've been pickled. Like, if you eat a pickled green bean, God help you. <laughs> but a pickled uh, cauliflower is just the right amount of bland to, to soak up that vinegar flavor in a good way. That's you, true. I've made a Japanese style with ume vinegar, and it turns bright pink, and that's pretty cool. Have you ever had a pickled tomato? Yes. No. Surprisingly good. I it is. I like tomatoes Neither- very much. Neither do I, which is why I was surprised that I enjoyed the pickled tomato. (laughs) I've learned to appreciate tomatoes as I've grown up. And in the summer, when you just have a sliced, fresh, local, like, beefsteak tomato and you put some salt on it, perfect. I like the little tiny tomatoes that are, like, pretty, like, half green, half red. Oh, yeah. Um, They're, like, they have such a good, strong flavor. My biggest problem with tomatoes is that most of them are just, like, mushy wateriness with, like, a little smack of unpleasant tomato flavor. (laughs) Yeah, I had a slice of tomato on a sandwich, and I decided, oh, you know what, I do like tomatoes, so maybe I'll just have this on the sandwich. And it tasted like nothing. Like, I pulled some out to taste it. I was like, oh, it's like eating styrofoam. Yeah. (sighs) And the fact that it makes the texture of your sandwich much worse and doesn't give any good to it. (laughs) Yes. That's, I'm not on board with it. Oh, man. Pickled tomatoes is too much, though, because they are already extremely acidic. Yeah, just eat a bowl of ketchup. (laughs) Sorry, I need to take that again. Just eat a bowl of ketchup. (laughs) You can't even get it out. That's what we all want to do, secretly. (laughs) That's what we won't allow ourselves in this anti-hedonistic world. I think it's so funny how many people are like, ew, vinegar on french fries, that's disgusting, and then mm. are cool with ketchup, which is just vinegar 
with extra steps on your french fries, <laughs> you know? And sugar, yeah. Really yeah. Really sugar is fine, I guess. Is there yeah. any way to get a vinegar sauce that has maybe slightly thinner than ketchup, but isn't tomato-flavored? I mean, there's other kinds of ketchups. You it's can mushroom. have, like, a mushroom ketchup. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not a pervert. <laughs> it's good, though! Mm, You're wrong. It doesn't sound good. It's got mushrooms in it. <laughs> uh, I mean... Louisa will know this better than I do, but I think that a ketchup is just, like, you pickle a vegetable and then you, like, sauce it up, like, cook it down into a sauce, right? Yeah, I don't know if there is a standard term, but I know it's used for a lot of Asian sauces that have made their way westward. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a standardized thing that a ketchup is, rather than it's just sort of a shorthand for this is an Asian type of sauce. Interesting. I wonder, because I... Well, first off, let me put this out there. Uh, anything that I would use ketchup for, barbecue sauce is better. I do like barbecue sauce. But again, barbecue sauce is just fancied up ketchup. Exactly. Most of the time. You need it, <laughs> it fancied up a little bit. Yeah, I you need do that love smokiness. a smoky sauce. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I like, so I'll always go for barbecue sauce if it's like for dipping fries in or for putting on a burger or something. Yeah. The. The the niche I'm looking to fill is like on a on a like Italian hoagie because mm-hmm. I like uh, I like to get mayo on there I like to get oil no. and vinegar on there too wet now all these three things it's too wet oh no you can't do all three that's yeah, monstrous you, yeah, you but I want that. all of those flavors so I need <laughs> I need maybe like a a thick vinegar or maybe can is there a tangier mayo you're just talking about a vinaigrette now. The thing is, yeah, I see what you're saying, but that's kind of what mayonnaise is for, Jeff. You say it's not vinegary enough, but that's, I think, I think it's at the limit of what it can be for its physical structure. Mm. Yeah. At at a certain point, if you want some, if you want your mayonnaise to be more vinegary than what you want is those sweet peppers, (laughs) those pickled sweet peppers on your sandwich. God, I love those things. Mm. They are so good. (laughs) That pepper relish you can get that you smear on there. Oh, yeah. On an egg sandwich, you can't beat it. I will always mm. go for a spicy mayo above, like, mm-hmm. regular at all times. Yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that if you just put some mayonnaise and sriracha in a bowl and mix it up, you get that sauce that they put on top of your sushi that tastes so fucking good. <laughs> yes, people are always surprised that it's that simple. Like, yeah, of course yep. it is. <laughs> Places that sell you a $5 sushi roll wouldn't be able to do it if it was some elaborate, expensive thing. Yep. Oh, that is good stuff. Yeah. Although, the there's something about the soy sauce that you get from good sushi places that is different than the soy sauce you can just get at home but I don't know what it is. Can you make mayonnaise with soy sauce instead of vinegar? No. I mean you could but it wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't have a good flavor balance because it wouldn't have any sharpness to it and I was going to say it would be too salty but if you add no other salt you'd probably be okay. Hmm. So yes you could but mm. would it I guess it wouldn't curdle anything. No. What if you made it? What if you used hot sauce instead of vinegar? Since that's already just vinegar with stuff in it. I don't think it would be vinegary enough. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it would be too. Th- the hot sauce would be too thick. It wouldn't bind properly. Interesting. It's a complicated thing. I know you can make. I've talked about this before, but uh, it's called tomb, and it is a garlic 
mayonnaise that doesn't have any eggs. The mm-hmm. garlic, because you put in so much garlic, like a full cup for a cup of oil, it does all the emulsifying, so you get a mayonnaise-like substance that is just garlic and oil. This is Turkish or something? Yes, I don't remember exactly, but it is Mediterranean of some kind. You just have to make sure Laura Croft doesn't come in and steal it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We all like it. We're glad it happened. <laughs> so what do we do on this show? Yay! Well, we go to the WikiHow Suggested Articles page and enter a random word so that we can see a list of articles that people have requested related to that word, and then we tell people how to do those things. The word we got today was decorative. Ooh. Here we go. How to decorative. Yep. Yep. Today we're going to teach you how to decorative. Uh, Almost one of us is kind of good at this. (laughs) Wait. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Which almost one? (laughs) Here's one that jumped out at me from what we were just talking about and that it doesn't make any sense. Yep. How to buy decorative vinegar bottles. Yeah, I first you have money, I guess. That's step does, one. Does this mean just the bottles, like buying old, like you love the shape of this one kind of vinegar bottle? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I guess that's what they're saying. I I thought that they meant at first they wanted vinegar that came in decorative bottles. It's like, well, look around and see what's available. Is there, you know, those bottles that you can get that have like some kind of liquid in there and then just like a big old sprig of thyme or like a bunch of heads of garlic or something floating in there? Yeah. Is that vinegar? Is that oil? It's probably oil. It's oil, but if you try to make it yourself, you are putting everyone involved at high risk of bacterial infection because mm. you're not curing it in any way. I think well, I want to point out that this is not for. This is not for eating. I'm saying this oh. is purely decorative. Okay, mm. yeah, then you can put whatever you want in there. In that yeah. oil. <laughs> that's my that's my decorative oil. It's got a bunch of like little uh <laughs> got a bunch of little action figures floating in it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I've solved this. Okay, uh-huh. we don't need to talk about it anymore because I've come up with a perfect solve. All right. Get multiple lava lamps. Ooh. Those are basically decorative vinegar bottles, right? You could put some little hot peppers in there to. Oh my god! Yes, kind of swirling around. I think they're full of oil already. Uh huh. And then you could just put like yeah, put some some pickled vegetables in there to float around in the oil in your little lava lamp. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we solved it. <laughs> then when the FBI finally tracks you down, they'll have another mystery to solve besides all those murders you did. <laughs> This isn't a crime, Jeff. It's just a perversion. <laughs> yeah. Who is it a crime to? God, he's dead. <laughs> Are you writing your own monologue? What's happening? Not my monologue. Oh, okay. You're writing it, but you're going to hand it off to the greatest actor of our time. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I was going to say Tom Cruise. Oh no! <laughs> Neither of these are really of our time. I guess no, Hugh Jackman not. kind of is. Yeah, is he? Is he like sixty? How old is he? He Jackman? only became famous twenty years ago when he was in X Men. Yeah, yeah. I feel like even if Tom Cruise and Hugh Jackman are the same age, Tom Cruise was famous before I was born. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hugh Jackman—that's not was, true, but you know. <laughs> He was! He was famous before I was born. Yeah. Certainly before Jeff was born. But not before 82. Come on. 
he had um what was risky cocktail? business risky business what was risky business I'm looking at that, that right must now. have been like 84 83 was risky business aha what did he do before that he did stuff did he? <laughs> not that I know he's not even 60 yet okay that's weird that seems weird to me yeah right it seems like he should be older <laughs> Anyway, anyone who is in a major motion picture when I'm one is not of my time, right. is okay, all I'm that's saying. that's fair, yes. Right. I buy it. Um, was... But Hugh Jackman is Wolverine, so he's of my time, obviously. Yeah. Oh, okay. We have famously said that uh, millennials are the Wolverine generation. Uh, I mean, that would be great if it were true. <laughs> <sighs> we can no longer ask Wolverine creator Len Wein if it's true. Rest in peace, Len. Uh- I guess there's a lot of people in the millennial generation who don't smell good and are angry and just want to destroy all government and military uh, stuff, which is all very Wolverine. Yeah. Call everybody bub. <laughs> we're all, oh, if only. We're all a bunch of vagrants with a handful of knives. Yeah. <laughs> Surely his um, daughter, not daughter, X, whatever her deal X-23, is. X-23, yeah. She's the millennial, right? I mean, when she was created, she was. Now, she stays the same age as time goes on, so now I think she was born in, like, 2010. Okay. That's famously what I like about the X-Men, is I keep getting older and they stay the same age. (laughs) Oh, no! I didn't like that joke when I thought of it, and then halfway through, I stopped committing. (laughs) No, I Uh, want... Give me some, give me some old X Men. I like Logan. I want the X Men to be older than me, old as hell. Make them <laughs> die of old age. Yep. I'm trying to come up with a joke about it would be a lot cooler if you did relating to the X Men, but I don't know. Like, do you want to tolerate mutants in your society? It'd be a lot cooler if you did. All right. Yeah. The other meme from that. The movie. other quote from that movie. <laughs> Was that dazed and confused? Yes. Mm. Well, uh, well, I've lost the audience, everyone. <laughs> uh, how to sew decorative beads on a wedding veil? Just do it. <laughs> yep, that's like that's Nike told exactly. you exactly. How to sew decorative beads wedding. on your Nike wedding veil? Yeah, I see. I see videos of people doing the beading on dresses and things, and a lot of it seems to be having the fabric of the dress stretched out over some kind of frame. Right. And then you have beads on a needle, and then you just, like, poke the needle down into the dress over and over again. How does that work? How does that get the bead attached? I don't know, and I've seen that too, and I'm very confused. But the idea of embroidering but putting beads on every uh, individual loop, I understand that. That makes sense. Yeah, I. whenever you see beading on something and all the beads are, like, going in the right direction for the pattern that's happening, mm-hmm. that is, in, that, I can't understand how someone can do that. Because every time <laughs> yeah, I've tried to sew much. beads onto things, you <laughs> tighten the bead down and it ends up pointing in a random direction every time. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Yeah, that's the hardest thing of all in any kind of embroidery is getting the stitch tension correct, which is how a frame can help, like an embroidery hoop. But man, it is tough anyway. Yep. Just don't, is my suggestion. Or use glue. How about that? Or one of those bedazzler guns. Yes. Mm -hmm. For your wedding jean jacket. Yeah. Oh my god, this is a great idea. (laughs) Yes. White denim, obviously. Yes. Mm, I'm digging this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is a good aesthetic, actually, for your wedding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it only works if you live in Canada. Yeah. Sorry, I, I think I phrased that badly. This is a good aesthetic for your wedding, Jeff. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Jeff, you would wear a beautiful white denim and ensemble that is mm. fully bedazzled. And a side ponytail. <laughs> yeah, you got a crimpier beard. On my own? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll just suction cup it to the side of your head. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> this show sucks. Could I, could I sell you on having suction cups on your hands and feet and a Garfield-like slogan held on a sign around your neck? It's a living! Does Garfield say that? Mondays, yeah, sure. Garfield says, it's a living. Because <laughs> he's always working in his job that he hates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, has anyone ever done a version of Garfield where Garfield is the one who has a job and John stays at home all day and does nothing? Ooh, what a twist. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Actually, does he have a go- job? What's Thanks. John's no, job? he doesn't. He's a cartoonist. No. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think oh. because Jim Davis couldn't think of any ideas like those <laughs> cartoonists, he made his cartoon character a cartoonist. Yep. <laughs> I like the idea of him sitting for days trying to think of another job. <laughs> it's like how uh, screenwriters will be like, this guy has a normal job. He designs skyscrapers. Yeah. Like, that's well, not a nor- <sighs> That is a job, sure. That is not, like, a regular guy job. Yeah, a, guy, a regular guy job where that guy has a family in the suburbs and he never has to business travel or anything for these uh, yeah. skyscrapers he's designing. Yep, he just sits at his desk for ten <sighs> minutes a day drawing skyscrapers and mails them off. <laughs> they need to have a way in which this guy can be obscenely wealthy so that we never have to watch him just doing the daily grind of struggling with his checkbook. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Although I don't even think architects are that rich anymore, right? Like, the only people who are rich these days are people who are bankers or, like, Wall Street traders and all of the other ones that used to be rich, like lawyers and doctors and architects, are now also poor just like the rest of us yeah it's it's yeah it's very depressing i mean ever since uber law launched it's been hard to be a lawyer (laughs) is that a real thing because i would believe it (laughs) fiverr but lawyer (laughs) (laughs) l-a-w-y-r dot t-o that's right (laughs) jesus how to do decorative stitching again Um, again with this yeah, I feel like, I don't know if this is the right way to do it, but if I was going to, I would probably start by drawing the pattern of whatever I want to stitch mm-hmm. onto the fabric, and then mm-hmm. just get a thread yeah. and a needle, and then go over the thing I drew, right? Yeah, I've done that, I've done embroidery, I've barely learned any of the fancy stitches, so I've just done it in chain stitch, which is just a little row of stitches all in a row, and yeah. It looks awesome and it's great and it's easy. Like that's all you need to do, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I I wondered if I would be the, capable of doing those samplers that like oh, you yeah. know six year old girls used to do in the seventeen hundreds or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm good enough at that, which makes me feel very inadequate compared to the little girls in history. <laughs> but that's all they had to do all day, and they had to do it. So yeah. if you had those kind of constrictions on you, you could do it. Yeah, could they pirate season five of Poldark? Probably not. <laughs> I think not. Yeah, if they saw one episode of Poldark, they would go mad. <laughs> I love 
just running thing where if you showed one medieval peasant an iPhone, their head would explode. <laughs> that's not my thing. I feel like that's such a You trope. love to reference it, though. <laughs> it's, you love it's, it. It's, it's a very funny thing. <laughs> it is very funny. And it's such a trope, but I feel like people in those days were so much more accepting of the fact that they didn't understand a lot of stuff. Yeah. That you would probably show them the iPhone and they would be very impressed by it for a minute or two and then be like, okay, I get it, magic, done. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, yeah, cool, God or the devil made that and all of my decisions for the day will be based on which one I decide. <laughs> yep. That's the thing, if an alien came and showed you amazing technology now, you would first of all go, okay, this works some way I don't understand, let me look into it more. And then maybe in a few years, you'd be like, how does that work? But maybe not. Like, you just accept it, mostly. Yeah. I remember when I first learned how microwaves worked, and I was like, how did I not ask about this before? I still don't know how microwaves work, and I'll never know. (laughs) Yep. It sends a message to the atoms that they should start moving around. Mm -hmm. The atom, the superhero? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he gets in there. And moves mm-hmm. all the molecules of food around. Oh, that's why he hasn't been in comic books for a while. He's yeah. extremely busy. He shrunk and down to heat up everyone's food. That's mm-hmm. why sometimes your frozen meal is still partially frozen on one side, but boiling hot on the other side. Yep. He just couldn't get around fast enough. Yeah, that was where Here's the atom carried you. <laughs> <laughs> I I know that the whole thing of like you know magnetic water particles vibrating in a microwave or whatever, but there has Sounds to be like other. Bullshit. Okay, well, that's how it really works. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, there's got to be other molecules in there that are also in some way being affected by these microwaves, right? Nope, perfectly safe. Just the water, and that's it. It doesn't. There's nothing else fair, like with a, any kind of magnetism in the whole thing. Yeah, just that and cancer molecules. Those mm. ones will get you. Yep. Well, that those molecules. are molecules. Being- those yeah. are being blasted into my food. They yeah. come from the microwave and blast into the food. Oh, okay. <laughs> blasted into the food. Yeah. Uh, I think I only just recently learned what, like, how cancer works. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, it's like a random genetic mutation makes your cells start making yeah. bad, bad uh, decisions. Decisions, <laughs> decisions yeah. <laughs> Start making, uh, you know, bad proteins or whatever, and just start yeah. duplicating out of control. I always think of it as part of your body being like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, shit, oh, no! And then that's cancer. Yep. <sighs> I feel like, it, yeah, I feel like it's like, your body's got a pace at which it's comfortable healing, mm-hmm. and once you at, exceed that pace, uh, it becomes like Lucy on the conveyor belt, like, <laughs> shoving chocolates in her mouth. Yeah, uh, quick, make a tumor with all this extra flesh. <laughs> yeah, oh god, I knew I was making some cells, but I don't remember how many. Uh, just make as many as you can. <laughs> oh no! Oh, this depressing. is terrible, but it is exactly how I think of how cancer works. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because, like, I feel like that's common, that most people don't know how most stuff works, and we all just kind of accept that someone somewhere knows, but Mm. so much of, like, discourse, especially online, is being like, well, do you know how it works? Like, you're telling me this on a website. Do you know what a website even is? Yeah. (laughs) I do think, though, (sighs) it's very sad how much knowledge is almost completely lost at this point. (laughs) Like, 
there's only like four people in the world who still know how to do that handmade like wicker craft. Oh yeah, stuff or like how to thatch a roof. Yeah, yeah, and like I know that we now have machines that can do that, but at some point, if no humans are left that know how the thing works. I don't know that we would be able to build new machines to do it. You know what I mean? It's written down somewhere. <laughs> Jeff's part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are things you can't learn from just reading about it, though. Mm, you know? uh, that's not what I've been told. <laughs> I've been told to take a look. It's in a book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what's it in this scenario? It's it. What Lies. is it? <laughs> yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, Jeff, put that song at the end of the episode. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome. Ooh. <laughs> this is new. <laughs> uh, but how do you make decorative birdhouses? I think they should look like little tiny people houses because that mm-hmm. is extremely cute when it looks like a miniature house, but then a fucking bird comes out of the door. That's adorable. <laughs> that is pretty good. Although, I feel like without the door opening, it loses something. Mm-hmm. Like you have to make it so hole. the door has to open. Yeah, but that bird is going to get trapped in there and die. Good. <laughs> and he's going to ruin my decorative birdhouse. <laughs> Jeff is interested in making bird traps. <laughs> Survival of the fittest bird. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like what if it bird houses... like the White House or the Parthenon or something? That'd be so cute. Just make this, this, the normal boring birdhouse shape with the like angled roof and the front with a little hole in it. And then, I don't know, paint your favorite sports team logo on the side. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What if your favorite sports team is the type of bird that would well mm-hmm. nest in the thing? Yeah, there you go. Your the big... Cardinals is the only example I can think of, right? Uh, the Ravens? The Blue Jays? The do they, Orioles? Do any of them yeah. nest in birdhouses, though? Why wouldn't they? They're birds. The Seahawks? A lot of birds don't. <laughs> the Eagles? <laughs> yeah, you have a giant platform on a huge pole. <laughs> I love You've that. You've got a scarecrow with a leather glove on its outstretched <laughs> arm. <laughs> It's great. I love, of course, the 49ers. (laughs) Yeah, a little tiny prospector's mine is what this birdhouse looks like. A lot of people think that, but actually, that sports team is named from a time that somebody saw 49 birds. Yep. (laughs) Birds called Urs? They've gone extinct. There's 49 Urs. Oh my god. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. Thank you. I like when there's a bunch of birds, like starlings, that like to live together, so people make them houses that are like a giant condo of bird houses, and they're all close together, and it's very cute. Yeah, but you can't force them to go into their own apartment. That's the problem. <laughs> they know which one's their apartment, though. They know which babies they're taking yeah, but, care of. But they're always dipping into each other's. Yeah, it's fine. That's it's, exciting. Yeah, you can watch them like, through binoculars and yeah, <laughs> figure out the story of their lives. It's like having friends happening right in your backyard, <laughs> but with birds. Bird friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to make decorative cakes. Louisa, you know all about this. Here we go. Now, this is now the word decorative here. Mm-hmm. I want to hear only about decorative cakes, as in <laughs> ones that you can't eat. Yeah, don't. If, <laughs> so help you God if you talk yes. about a functional cake. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. What you're going to need is, they make these. These are styrofoam cake blanks. Mm-hmm. And you're going to buy it. It's going to be like a short, fat cylinder. looks like a cake, but it's made of styrofoam. And then you're going to use various types of drywall spackle. And you're going to mix in a little bit of paint for your various colors. I'm always confused why that styrofoam doesn't melt. I feel like styrofoam, when it has anything wet on it, will just dissolve, won't it? 
I think it's only heat for that kind of styrofoam. Oh, really? It destroys it. Yeah. I thought, that, I thought you couldn't get it wet. What's that? Um, well, I don't like know. Like forest's foam? Oh, like yeah, that that's green stuff? shitty shit. Are you thinking yeah. of gremlins again? <laughs> no, they love getting wet. That makes them make more gremlins. <laughs> yeah, that's their favorite thing. Mm, isn't that yeah. true? Besides eating after midnight. All species that sexually reproduce. Ha ha ha! What? Getting wet makes them make more. Okay. Sorry. I don't think that that's even <laughs> what they all do. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so bummed out. I don't even want to talk about cakes covered in spackle anymore. <laughs> do you think that spackle is a different consistency than frosting? Like, how do you mm-hmm. pipe it on there to make it look not shitty? No, not drywall spackle. This is the same consistency as frosting, and I know because I've tried it. What like, you've it? tasted it? No, <laughs> I've used it to make fake frosting that then dries solid. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just a tub of, uh, I don't know, cellulose particles in some kind of glue. <laughs> that, do you have uh, to whip it up or something? It comes quite whipped up already. Yeah. You have to put you put you have to ruin a mixer every time you want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you just put a little bit of paint in there for whatever color and you're good. Hmm. Gross. Now 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 explain how you would make a bowl of noodles with the, the chopsticks lifting one noodle out to put in your restaurant oh, window. That's so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I knew how they did that. I guess you need to have a frame to hold it while you're drying all that resin. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they make those noodles look so good. They do look really, good, don't they? You really want to eat them. You use you use one of those like three D printing pens where you can just draw the noodle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those look so shitty. <laughs> now they look shitty. In the future they'll be amazing. They're perfect for making crinkly noodles. <laughs> they already come in those strands of three uh, D yeah, printing you filament. Don't have, you don't even have to put them through the pen. <laughs> yeah, they already come like that. <clears throat> oh, 3D printing. I've always wanted to try it, but I feel like trying to get all those tiny little lines off something with acetone like you're supposed to do would drive me insane. Oh, right. When you 3D yeah, you print have to, like, sand it down and stuff. It's, like, fucking corrugated uh, on the outside. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. You just need to get a better 3D printer as part of it. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but you do have to, like, smooth it afterwards regardless of how good your 3D printer is. That's true. They have resin printers now, which I think print smoothly, but there's other challenges. Like, there's no perfect solution yet. Yeah, like, resin is I've extremely always, expensive. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to build one of those CNC machines where you put a router in a it. A music factory? Just, yeah. Oh, beat me to it. Damn. <laughs> where you put a router in it? What? Yeah, you don't know about this? No. Um. So, there's, like, there's software, or I guess firmware online that people have made what you do is you make a big table and you put a router into uh, like a socket on an arm that's mechanically controlled and then you can program into your computer the shape you want and then the router starts itself up and moves to the spots that it needs to move to to perfectly carve out the shape you designed. Hmm. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, the only problem is that it takes up a lot of space because you need the table to be, like, the size of a sheet of plywood. Yeah. So, and it only does it in two dimensions, huh? Uh, I think you can do it in three dimensions, but there are pretty strict rules about how thick it can be before it starts causing friction problems, so... Mm, okay. I don't know. I don't know how thick that is, but it's not 
multiple. It's not more than an inch or two. Yeah, I I get that a lot. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, what's once the uh, the conversation has moved away from the phrase friction problems, I don't think you can come back to, uh, to the joke that you're trying to make. Mm, but I did anyway. <laughs> that's that's why I'm such a delightful scamp. Uh, how to find decorative window film in Canada? <laughs> uh, it's illegal in Canada. Sorry. I actually think if you go onto HBO Max, most of Alfred Hitchcock's movies are available there for streaming, <laughs> including his famous film, De- Decorative Window. Yeah. Where, uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Yep. <laughs> yes, you're right. Oh, that's the name I can think of. Where Jimmy Stewart is trying to put up window dressings, yeah. Yeah, but his leg's broke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't reach all the way up, Jimmy. What are you going to do? Yeah, he sees a murder in his backyard, and he's like, oh, I need curtains so that I don't have to see this anymore. <laughs> exactly, that's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's curtains for you, murderer. And then it cuts to him putting curtains up. <laughs> yeah, ignoring the problem forever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I love this movie that we just invented. Uh, this would be like... <laughs> has anyone ever done a movie in the style of scary movie but about specifically alfred hitchcock yeah I mel brooks so. did yeah high anxiety really? yes that's his name i couldn't remember oh i've never heard of this really oh this was what? one of the ones i that was on all the time on comedy central when i was a child but yeah it's a, a send-up of what Al- is it called high anxiety yep Huh, I've literally never heard of this movie. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it is kind of one of the lesser-known Mel Brooks's, huh? Yeah, I didn't hadn't heard of it until I was an adult, at least. Uh, yeah, I like that movie, so that's my recommendation <laughs> to the audience. This is recommendation. Mel Brooks now, right? is a bad person, yes? I don't know. Is he? I don't know either. He certainly is one of those guys who's like, I can make jokes about anything I want. It's fine, actually, because I'm yeah. a comedian. And I don't agree yeah. with that, but, but I don't know if he's worse. He's than also that. 95, and I don't think it's ever come out that he's done violent crimes to someone. Is that the standard now? <laughs> yeah, for me, it kind of is. I mean, like, it's better than most of the other people who made good comedy movies in that time period. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't. I tried to watch a Woody Allen movie, not th- like maybe a year ago, and I just couldn't do it anymore. I think it's gone now. Yep. Yeah, because his movies are so much about him, it's very yes. hard to separate them. <clears throat> and like, I used to think they were funny. Yeah. I just can't anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a huh. shame. Why can't here's people just be Louisa. nice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> True. Here's another one for Louisa. How to make decorative labels for homemade food. This is your, this is everything you do. This is all you do. <laughs> That's right. This is my life now. Yeah. Uh, I think it's worth it. Like I did with my strawberry jam. Last year, I decided I wanted to make a decorative label that just said strawberry jam. And I had decorated the border with vines and leaves and strawberries. Yeah. Have and you I'm considered like, making a label that says hand some? <laughs> good idea. That is pretty good. <laughs> I think that's very clever, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> So if you have a label, Strawberry Jam, from year to year, you just ink it up and make more labels the next year, and it works out great. Mm-hmm. Last year I actually made one, I think I shared it with you guys, but it's just a, a leaf border around a blank space that has like a space for the date and for what it is, so yep. I can use that as an all-purpose food label. Mm-hmm. Anytime you want to jar up some leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are artisanal leaves. Come and get them. 
do you think you could sell a jar of like raked up leaves on Etsy for a dollar? Yes. Oh, you I could, could sell. sell one for fifteen dollars if you said it was a witch thing. <laughs> oh yes, that's the way. Mm-hmm. I knew there mm-hmm. was a way. I remember a blogger once talked about the early days of eBay and how people would buy anything. And at the time, he would sell jars of dirt. And he would just write up elaborate descriptions on how it was the essence of whatever part of the country he was in. And it takes you back to this. It makes you think of fall, whatever. Like, just going on and on and on. And people would buy them for, I think he said, like, $15. And then it also, on top of that, like, $10 shipping and handling. And it worked. That's insane to me. That's the haunted doll market, basically, right? Yes. Yeah, at least you get something to look at with a haunted doll. Mm. I don't feel like there's good enough copy that someone could write that would make me be like, yes, this jar of dirt. Do you think there has ever been one single person selling a haunted doll on eBay who believed the thing they were selling was actually haunted? Yes. One single person? Yes. Why would you sell it if you thought it was haunted? To get it away from you. And why wouldn't you just throw yeah, it away? Yeah, why would... Because God told you that you should get some recompense for it. Like, people have these weird uh, justifications, don't they? <laughs> I guess I just <laughs> always assume when the justifications are that weird that they are lies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. Although, if you truly believed it was haunted, you might be afraid that the doll would know what was happening if you put it in the trash. Whereas mm. if you sold it, the doll might think that you just needed the money and then it could haunt the next person, you know? Yeah, the doll would be like, ah, I guess he's really hard up. He just needs the money. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad. I'll, I'll go. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> Talkie Tina, I really wish I could keep you around, but I need this money, so I guess you'll have to go. <laughs> Yeah, Talkie Tina's fine with that. How did they get Talkie Tina in the first place? Because she's fine with it. Yeah, that's true. They bought her from a from mm-hmm. a department store. Mm-hmm. How come she didn't haunt the shit out of that department store? <laughs> How do you know she didn't? <clears throat> I guess that's mm-hmm. true. Twilight Zone Origins. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Prequel oh, series. Go. Yes. All department I- stores are very haunted, so I could believe it with haunted toys. Could we do a successful podcast that each episode is five minutes long and it's just the five minutes that they cut out of a Twilight Zone episode that explains what's going on? Didn't we already (laughs) propose Homebrew Twilight Zone as a podcast? We did. We created a Reddit page for it. I don't think anyone has ever posted on that page. (laughs) Well, we abandoned it, so that's really our fault. Yes. Oh, absolutely. We created it as a bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The trouble is, I think if I racked my brains i could come up with one or two good ideas for a twilight zone episode but i could not churn them out like 20 a year all you need to do all you need to do to churn out 20 twilight zone episodes a year is think of something that you would be happy if it happened to you and then figure out how you could make it actually bad Ooh, you got a decorative cake but then it turned out to be styrofoam and uh, Mm -hmm. wallpaper speckle yeah see (laughs) exactly all right good yeah that's about as elaborate as some of those episodes, if you yeah. think about it. You're, you're not even exaggerating. <laughs> what about one where you get a spam phone call, but the robot on the other end uh, tells you when you're going to die? But that's all. That's just a bad thing turning into a worse thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's played out. I feel like Twilight Zone is, it has to be either a good thing that turns out to actually be a bad thing, or a bad thing that turns out to be actually a good thing. Mm. Or if it's a bad thing that a bad person is like, I know this is bad, but I can totally control it. Oh no, I can't control it, actually. Yes. 
But that's that falls under my he thinks it's a good thing and then it turns out it's actually yeah. a bad thing. Okay, yeah. Oh no, my hubris. Mm-hmm. I can make a deal with the devil. I'm smarter than the devil. Mm-hmm. Etc. Etc. You know. You yeah. I do think it's very funny that that song, um, "The Devil Went Down to Georgia," is about somebody who feels that way, and they're right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god! The, like <laughs> the the amount of hubris it takes to be like, but I, but my in my song. <laughs> I suppose, what if this child is better than the devil? <laughs> oh, and the devil admits it in fair play. Yeah. Oh, you really up. got me. I'm going to give you this gold fiddle after all. In your yep. interpretation, Johnny is a child. Uh, yeah, I mean... He, I think devil, he's a young man. On the, the devil calls him boy several times, which I realize everyone <laughs> is a boy to the devil. Exactly. When, yeah. when you, I think he's like a Johnny B. Good age, which I would rate as a teenager. <laughs> which you would rate as exactly the age Marty McFly is. Exactly! <laughs> which was probably like 25, but was meant to be like 16. Yes. He was still in high school, which is insane. <laughs> it was a different time. It was the 80s, and everyone was yeah. 25 in high school. <laughs> Can you imagine... People were really bad were in a... high school. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were a senior in high school, and... Uh, I mean, I guess let's just call it what it is. An insane person came up to you and said, I need to help you fix your marriage with your current girlfriend in the future. <laughs> You're going to marry them and have children in the next 10 years. Come help me save them. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be so depressing. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, man, you- I've already decided the course of my whole life just because <laughs> I'm dating this asshole who happens to live in my hometown. But maybe it's, uh, that determines the fate, because you know that Doc Brown can travel through time, so when he tells you that, you're like, this must be true. Mm-hmm. But then you, wouldn't you immediately go and break up with your your high school girlfriend? <laughs> but you know how bad things could happen if you change the past or future, because you've seen yourself start to disappear. Mm. Yes, but you are in your present now. You can't be afraid of changing the future. From... I think if anybody would be afraid, Marty McFly would be afraid. Yes, I suppose. Wow, are you true. calling him chicken? <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember Flea was in that movie? Why? <laughs> yeah, was why not? There? Why not? He's in... What am I watching? Where was I? I was... Oh, he's in the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show oh, as a bad no! guy. Oh, no! No! Uh, it's perfect. He's the perfect, like, space scumbag. He does have a weird face. He does have a weird Alfred E. Newman kind of face. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's actually pretty good in Back to the Future, if I'm being honest. Hmm. When you just need a weird guy who looks like a weirdo, get, yeah. get a weird musician. <laughs> Will he take his shirt off? Of course, it's already off. Don't even ask. <laughs> he doesn't know the meaning of the word shirt. <laughs> That's why he's been shirtless this whole time. No one told him about shirts. <laughs> Alright, well thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about the show so we can continue to grow our audience. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. Or you can uh, join our Discord to talk to us directly by uh, messaging us on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm also online. Go to weaponizedlanguage.com for all of my infos. And you can talk to me online at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Alrighty. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, enjoy the summer as it is coming 
crashing into the room like a wrecking ball. And uh, if Summer you... is a Kuminen, as many generations have told us ahead of time. Yep, it's true. The summer winds are blowing in from across the sea. Mm-hmm. So enjoy it, uh, and come back next time. But in the meantime, do not forget that you can fuck up on the internet in so many ways. I don't know if other people are going to be into it. You have to know how to horse. Sighing loudly while Louisa coughed. <laughs> no, you started sighing before I coughed. <laughs> mm, that's not how it sounded to me. <laughs> <laughs>